Hello and welcome into the Hippies and Cowboys podcast. We're bringing you the best of the country music world like nobody else will tell it. I, of course, am one of your hosts. My name is Garrett McKee and that guy. Hey, I'm I'm Mike Hart. I'm the other host. Um, <laughs> and uh, we got a, a real treat for you today. Uh, country superstar and legend and Hall of Famer Ronnie Dunn. Uh, you might know him from the band Brooks and Dunn. If you don't, I, I seriously don't know how. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> literally uh, not possible. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So you know who he is. And this uh, was a really fun chat with yeah. with Ronnie. Learned a lot. Um, he had some good stories to share. And uh, uh, so, yeah, enjoy the show. But as always, we're brought to you by Workman's Relief CBD. Um, you can uh, get discount on that, you know, use our code HACCBD for the best priced CBD oil, coffee, uh, hemp oil, uh, you know, they got the icy hot, um, and it's, it's the best priced out there that, that you'll find. And, and you can get 15% off with our code HACCBD. So be sure to check that out. I will post the link in the description to this podcast and you can hit that link, fill up your cart. And use that promo code for 15% off. That's H-A-C-C-B-D. And uh, yeah, I guess let's 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 get let's dive right into it. We don't have music to play today, but we do have a fantastic conversation with Ronnie. And uh, it was an honor and a privilege to get a chance to talk to the legend himself. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to the episode as much as we did making it. And uh, thanks as always for tuning in. You know, people, the strangest stuff, you pull up the stores in parking lots because you can't pull up the stores in a bus. Right. So yeah. Somebody will get like a, you know, a munchie attack and uh -huh. uh, pull up someplace and, and end up with some of the craziest stuff. Man. I wish I had collected all the things that, that we had, had like bought at 3 a.m. at truck stops. <laughs> you know, where we just, everybody pulls over, you know, three, four, five buses pull over, everybody bails off, you know, go in. It's like, mm. I mean, can't, dudes will come in with a CB radio or something. Like, what are you going to do? The guy that used to sleep above me was the piano player in the first band, you know, and oh, yeah. uh, a lot of Slim Jims. But uh, Slim Jims. in the first band was the keyboard player, but we called him the junk man because no matter where he went, if it was a truck stop or something, he'd come out with like a sack full of just junk. Uh, totally random stuff that didn't apply to anything or if anything was free and left backstage which it always is well very very get it so you'd hear him in the middle of the night roll over and you get here uh potato chip uh sacks crinkling and crackling and stuff falling through the the, the, the space between the bunk and the wall so anyway we got him straightened out sent him to rehab i was gonna say then you got he was, he was a borderline order yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, you're locked. You're locked in a basic submarine with all these guys for you know months sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not ideal. <clears throat> well, hey, let's just roll into it. Yeah, we there. just get um, <clears throat> folks. We're sitting here with with uh, Ronnie Dunn, best known for uh, his uh, voice acting on the TV show King of the Hill. Um, I think he also played. <laughs> 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 
I think he also played in a band or two or has some music stuff out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah, well. Between acting careers and the, and, and the band thing, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's been okay. Life's good. Yeah. <laughs> Life's good. <laughs> you know, no, the only thing to hack me off about being the king, the king on the hill was that they put me in a green jacket. And I don't ever wear anything but black. And why? 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 Mm. To this day, it bothers me. They were. <laughs> well, they were. Uh... About that? You think about I mean, you brought this up. I yeah, yeah. that's true. You dug but up all. They made they made Randy Travis look a lot worse than you, though. He was like stealing Peggy Hill songs in that episode. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. a green jacket. Randy Travis. Yeah. But... Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But... But it was. Uh, it was a jolt. I had, I had to work for yeah. a long time to get over there. A green jacket. <laughs> Chicks don't dig green. No. Chicks don't dig green. Ronnie yeah. Dunn. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Everybody. Uh, Write that down. That's the sound bite right there. <laughs> Chicks don't dig green. Yep. Oh, My man. guys well, just, <clears throat> just pulled it up. I was following it up in front of it. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, I'm glad I didn't really, wear green today. Really? That's, really? Yeah, man, look really? at that. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, I mean, you know, Gee. it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, well, you got to go. Yeah, just That's funny. You to overcome your hurdles in life. No, it, yeah, yeah it, was, it was bizarre, though, because uh, we have a, a Patreon. Shout out to all of our Patreon sub subscribers that, you know, we, we let them ask questions to guests and multiple people put in here something about that king of the hill episode <laughs> so, yeah. so i had to say something it was know? a hot so topic why, why not stop start with it but um you gotta gravitate to the big stuff you know? yeah right start <laughs> start, <laughs> Absolutely. start with king of the hill and work, so how is that right now what's the weather well, like are you guys allowed to get out with with COVID and all that uh not really um we're actually we're actually kind of locked down here right now, but they're starting to crank vaccines out and get, you know, kind of, we're, we're pretty far behind you guys as far as, you know, the vaccines and stuff like that, but everything's starting to kind of, you know, roll out for the vaccines and, you know, it should, restrictions should kind of lift off, I would think after that, but weather's been good. Can't complain well, about that too much, but. That is good. That is good. I'm, I'm surprised yeah. that it's not up there, but I'm surprised about a lot of it. I was, I luckily got my shots and, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's kind of a mental thing that goes on when you do it. You, you, it, it there's a switch that goes off. You think, okay, I'm, you know, it's over. Back to normal. The COVID yeah. thing's over. And you got to keep in mind that, no, it's it's not over at all. And we're still in the middle of it. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's mm -hmm. my theory. Yeah, and definitely. So now I'm here in the States. You no, know, so, some stores are, are you know, they say they're, 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 they're laxing the, uh, uh, the mask mandate. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I just, I kind of, catch myself running back and forth from the, the store going, ah, I forgot my mask back to my truck uh, yeah. or, or somebody will just, you know, go, yeah, you don't have to wear it in here. You don't know what to do. Yeah. You know? well, yeah. Exactly. It kind of keeps everybody confused. Yeah. 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 And I just, uh, actually for the first time, uh, a couple of weeks ago, went to, uh, Mexico, uh, Cancun nice. and, uh, was, was there a week with, with friends, but I've, I've been, locked down i came out here to, to to my farm uh and let's see last march and didn't come out for four months damn uh i said i'm gonna depress I'm, I'm either gonna divorce you 
or you're gonna you're gonna die of COVID. So make the choice because you got you have to come home. You know, I people <laughs> bringing me groceries and things. That's it's it's kind of bad. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> wasn't that bad. But I, I never got out of the gate. I've got like yeah. a few acres out here to just hang out. Fish and cut trees down. I, I did buy a lot of farm equipment that I don't know how to use. Oh, yeah. all right. Well, that's exciting. <clears throat> um, yeah, you can you can play around with that. It'll keep you entertained for a while. You're supposed yeah. to comment after that. Is there latency here? <laughs> What's that? Sorry. So, you know what a bush hog is? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. You know what a bush hog is? Yeah yeah. Okay. All right. We got one of those. Those those are fun, man. You can I've you'll clear. Three. You'll clear enough oh, stuff proof, out that yeah. you never thought that you wanted to even clear it, but you just keep going. You know, you get that thing running and <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like, oh, let's take no, this no, out too now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And I, I ran out and bought an old bulldozer and, uh, you know, within 15 minutes, I figured I was, I was an expert and uh, <laughs> I buried it to the, all the way to the frame. Oh, uh, no. Just hit a soft spot and it's, it stayed buried for three months. So gave me time to study up on how to get a bulldozer out of the dirt, the mud. Let's <laughs> see what else. Maybe Maybe one of our buy another listeners. piece of equipment. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. Buy, buy new equipment. Yeah, chainsaws next turn. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some kind of con- there's a tax on Canadian wood, so we can't get wood down here. No one's living in houses. We have we have no houses to to, to live in because we can't get wood from you guys. <laughs> Come on, Gary. Wood's, wood's expensive up here too, man. It's uh, it's no joke. Say, is that why lumber's so high? Is because of Garrett? Yeah, it's his. Yeah, yeah. It's like over <laughs> it's double crazy. what it was. No, it's yeah. crazy high. I got a thing the other day that said that lumber's at three hundred and seventy-seven percent. Yeah, uh, uptick right now. Jesus so, Christ. Yeah. Even the government's talking about maybe rethinking that that tax deal they have with 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 Canada. No kidding. Yeah, so. <laughs> Crazy. I hope they I don't do. Blame it. you. Yeah. Well, man, it uh, it's it's an honor to get a chance to sit down and talk with you, man. It's uh, we really appreciate you doing it and taking some time out of your day to sit and listen to us for a little while. But uh, man, I mean, where where do we even begin here? Like, Hall of Fame career, literally Hall of Fame career, 2019. You released uh, you released Redone here last year in 2020. What was that like? Uh, kind of not being able to tour on one for once um because it seems like i'm you sure know, with you i mean you've been at it for so long you've probably been able to tour on everything you released i remember talking to uh, uh reba mcintyre early on because we do uh, las vegas together a lot and yeah. uh been for the last six years off and on and uh, i said you know what for the first time ever once they shut everything down uh i, I w- w- there was no feeling or burden that like hey uh, I have to, we have to be ready for work. Mm. We have to, you have to be ready to work. And, and, it's, and we love what we do, but still you're always thinking in the back of your mind, Hey, I, I can't go out there and get on that tractor with that bush hog. Right. <laughs> and, and mow for you know a week and, and be really able to sing that well. Yeah. Uh, it does odd things to your vocal cords. Anyway, uh, at first it was okay. And then, then uh, everybody started getting, you know, cabin fever. Yeah. You know? probably like, like you guys mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. uh, started kind of, kind of getting itchy. So we got bored and went into the studio mm-hmm. and it was, it was odd because the, the first round of sessions we cut, I think it was at 21, 21 songs. And, uh, we wanted to go back and grab like, like pseudo rock classics that, that maybe someone that was a Brooks and Dunn fan in the day would have like snuck over to another channel and listened to right? Yeah, and then see if we right. could countrify that. 
Yeah. You know, right. and still still keep it light alive. So had had a lot of fun doing it. But with the, the first round of sessions, everyone's wearing masks. And one of my favorite things to do in the studio uh, when you're cutting is to have all the guys come in. We gather around the board. We listen. You know, they go, ah, I think we I think we could get it better with another cut. You know, we could mm-hmm. maybe, you know, just let's let's give it another round. We, mm-hmm. we, we didn't get any of that. It's like every kind of went everyone went to their their corners and, and stayed stayed off, you know, in their their, their little quadrants. So it, it was odd. We we kind of finally, finally worked through that and found a studio that was big enough with a control room so that we could actually socially distance. Right. And uh, it changed the tone of a lot of what we, of what we were doing. But oh, that's just so you, one you know, minute way that it, that it affected you know, mm-hmm. just how, how, we, how we go about making music. Definitely. But yeah. You totally found a, a different studio than you had originally planned because of that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, we started out in one, one and then, then moved uh, to, to another one with, with a lot bigger uh, a room so that we, wow. could, we could get away with it. And the guys are all good about wearing masks and, and, and all mm-hmm. that, but we, we, couldn't, we couldn't socially distance as, as, you know, as, as well right. as we wanted to and still, still have that, that intimate atmosphere that, that we needed to, to create. You know? right. Yeah, it's I like an artistic creative process. Yeah, yes. after we, we'll cut, you know, we'll record a song or something, and all everybody get together and just brutalize you, you know, go, oh, you're not even close, man. You don't know the song, yeah. <laughs> and you're singing off. <laughs> but that's that's camaraderie, you know, that, right. that you miss when, when, yeah. when you just kind of like locker room mentality, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, definitely, yeah. definitely. Have yeah. you been? <clears throat> I get, I guess something, uh, something that I was, you know, thinking, thinking on leading up to you know, this podcast, obviously, and something that I don't know if I've heard it, heard you talk a lot about really in most interview situations is I guess like maybe take us back. I mean, you got together with uh, kicks Brooks, obviously kick things off in 1990, if I'm not mistaken, am I right on that one? And, uh, you guys kind of met and came together to form obviously the band we all know and love Brooks and Dunn. Um, but I understand, like, you spent a lot of time in Oklahoma and kind of in that scene a little bit um, in the in the years before that, something around ten or fifteen years before that. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. We, yeah. We have to we have to ask I, for clarification. We were not alive, so yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but I get I guess something everybody might be curious about is just like that's a weird. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. What was it like back then? Well, there were cars. And, no, well, not, uh, not necessarily what was it like, I guess, but uh, you know, like what what I guess were what were some of the early things that um you know you what was it like coming up through that scene and then moving more towards kind of a mainstream kind of Nashville scene with uh yeah. when you formed Bristol. Well, it was the hustle. It was a hustle, and, and, and luckily, I, I was in a town in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where uh, there were a lot of a lot of bands. It was it was a small, you know, music town. But, yeah. but Leon Russell's band was there. Joe Cocker, uh, Eric yeah. Clapton's band was from there. Yeah, uh, geez, I was like JJ Kale, and I, some of these you, you may not be familiar with, but it was. Uh, in, and then on the on the R and B front, uh, the Gap band was there, but a lot of a lot of really cool. Bonnie Raitt was through there a lot. You know, so there was always a healthy, you know, group of of, of, of creative types in and out, yeah. and, and that created a, a, a an environment for for a lot of clubs. I mean, you yeah. have to, you know, I I can't like bar 
bar bands and, and bars and some things like that is having to go to the gym. If you want to be a football player, you want to be a hockey player, whatever, you know, you got to work out, right. Yep. You got you to have a gym, a place to do that. And, and, and bars and were the, were the places that, that we would do it. And Tulsa had a, had a lot of bars. So, uh, and then uh, I finally, Eric Clapton's uh, drummer at the time, Jamie Oldecker was a friend entered my uh, name and a couple, some tapes that we had been recording mm-hmm. uh, in this, this like Marlboro talent roundup uh, mm-hmm. contest, mm-hmm. you know, now they have you know, shows like the voice and that stuff on TV. <laughs> Back then it was, it was uh, like you, a national contest. So can you imagine I'm in from your L forever. Yeah. You know, can you imagine yeah. the voice brought and, to you by uh, Marlboro? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it was shortly after that, it was like they all had to get out of racing and, and do all kinds of weird, crazy stuff. But yeah. that's that's not my problem. That's anyway, their problem. Yeah. But uh, it was a, it was a good springboard because it, it caused us to come to Nashville. We won the national contest. Met a guy by the name of uh, Scott Hendricks, who uh, ended up producing the, the first uh, few Brooks and Dunn records, and uh, uh, now works at Warner Brothers. But anyway, it just one <laughs> thing led to another, and uh, shortly after that, a guy named Tim Dubois was starting with, with Clive Davis. Uh, are you familiar with him? The name uh, sounds familiar. I'm not sure if I could sit and tell you about his work, but likewise, I heard the name. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, Google Clive Davis when you can right. and, and just, do. just check out who, who all he, he's been <clears throat> affiliated with. It's insane, man. In fact, there's a, there's a new documentary out on, on Netflix. It's really cool on, on Clive Davis, hmm. but uh, you know, he's, if you start, start backwards, you go for Whitney Houston, uh, Aretha Franklin, Janis Joplin, you know, back, back in the day. It's just, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. And, and, they, and so he, he and this other guy decided to start a country uh, label in, in Nashville. They signed mm-hmm. Alan Jackson, the first guy. Wow. And uh, they kind of went down the list and said, okay, we've got a, we got a male solo artist, uh, we had a, a female artist, Pam Tillis, uh, mm-hmm. and then they had a band, a Diamond Rio, and they needed a duo. Wow. And uh, I, Tim, Tim called me in Oklahoma. He says, hey, if, if you'll move uh, to Nashville, I'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll work with you. So I don't know what, what, what we'll do, but he says, oh, you're the first guy other than my brother I've asked to move to Nashville. So I did. And uh, kind of uh, along the way, he would introduce me to, to to writers and, and first thing he did was get me a, a publishing deal with, mm. with Sony as a writer. Yeah. And, mm. uh, I didn't even get started with that until he introduced me to kicks. And, uh, uh, we started writing together. The first two songs, first song we wrote was brand new man. Wow. Uh, so I was working on my next broken heart. And I think, you know, within two weeks we had four, four number ones. So just, yeah, Come on, so just man. that quick, so it was just bam, 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 bam. And guess what? You're on a bus and away you go. So, yeah. And that was it. That, it never stopped after that. You know, we That's just, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that it all happened so fast. You know? Right. It, 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 yeah, it's a horror. I mean, you look back and just go, what happened? I remember thinking, I'll, I'll never sleep again. I'll never sleep Because <laughs> you get up early in the mornings. You know, you drive all night and you get up early in the mornings. You're doing the, like the, the early morning show on TV. Yeah. Uh, and our radio for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you go back, like get an hour or two sleep 
and uh, it's it's something else to to do. And after that, you know, it's showtime, and you're 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 back on the bus and and rolling again to the next yeah. town. And strictly uh, off to bed, at, you know, right after the show, right? Oh yeah, no kind of extracurriculars no, going on. <laughs> no funny business. No, yeah, right. <laughs> Always directly to church. Right, exactly. Straight to church. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Didn't even have to yeah. be Sunday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess all the, all those years and all those years in Tulsa and, and kind of cutting your teeth in in the bars out there and everything else. Like, was was Nashville and kind of you know, I guess kind of reaching for everything that came along with Brooks and Dunn, you know, it was obviously a little bit unexpected with the way it kind of went down. But I guess my question here is, was that always the goal or were you, were you doing all right to the point where you were happy, you know, being more of a songwriter and maybe existing more in that kind of Oklahoma red dirt, Texas music scene that uh, is, is pretty damn good in its own right. You know? Yeah. But it was, it's better now than it was. You know, right. back then, in the day. Sure. I, I have a lot of buddies that, that are, you know, been in that Texas thing forever. Uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard's a good friend. Right. But, uh, and Jerry Jeff Walker. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that, that thing is, that scene keeps you pretty busy on like, you know, one nighters. You're really dependent on, on a lot of, a lot of clubs and, and, you know, we used to call them beer joints, things like that. It's, it's a hard, that's a hard row. And there, there is a, a sense of competition between, you know, the Texas purest, you know, red dirt guys and the, and the Okies and, and, and that stuff. Yeah. But uh, I, I dare to say that if you, if you offer any of those guys from Nashville a, a major deal, there's a good chance that they're going to jump on that. You know, watch Pat Green do it and, and Jerry Jeff, all of them, you know, uh, Willie, I mean, Willie came out of Nashville and, and then, uh, Got got hooked up again with with labels and and tried to distance himself image wise with with the, with the machine, right? You know? But yeah. Nashville is is pretty much, uh, you know, it's 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 the music business, yeah. It's it's the business, you know. And yeah. if you're out there playing Texas and, and Oklahoma, you're probably concentrating on the music. And there's there's no better lab to 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 go into. Uh, than in those environments, those mm-hmm. clubs, you know, what makes them dance, you know, you know, what yeah. makes them you know, drink. Yeah. Uh, so you learn firsthand. Yeah. You're, you're right. You're in the game, you know? Right. So. And is that what it was? You think that figure oh, it sorry. out. You know, it's a, it's a formulaic process. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Is that what you think it was that kind of made you and, and kicks kind of catch fire so quickly as both of you guys had kind of been grinding away doing that for, for so long already and in yeah. well, testing the waters in the lab like you said yeah yes i i don't i don't think we would have been as, as effective or had near the success we we had had we not had we not had to had to do that mm-hmm. and, and go down and, and and learn learn the hard way yeah because yeah. a, a you come up appreciating where mm-hmm. what you're coming out of uh and right. uh it's and at the same time. I don't. I don't feel like we gave up. There, there was no sense of compromise. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And some something I want to kind of pick your brain at too is you know you guys went through, you know you you've been around for, you know our Almost. whole lives, um, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. uh, 
you know, the, the mainstream in Nashville has obviously kind of a, adapted through those years too. And, um, you know, there's a lot of younger artists that the Texas scene and Oklahoma scene, like you said, is our, is still around and arguably better than ever and more prominent maybe. Um, and, uh, I mean, you've collaborated with, with several younger artists too. I mean, from both worlds, you know, Luke Combs and Tristan Mraz to name two, you know, Nashville and Texas. Um, although Tristan's in Nashville now too, but, um, you know, you've kind of seen both sides of the fence. What are your thoughts on like the current mainstream and like, you know, I don't want to sound gatekeepy, but in a way, you know, like you've been around, you've seen it, you've seen the transition of everything. Um, do you think all of what's being played and pumped out on the mainstream should be pumped out on the mainstream or should we, should there be more room for, you know, people who sound more like Brooks and Dunn? <laughs> you know, when you say, say mainstream, you almost have to specify it because mm-hmm. that's, that's a broad stroke term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, mainstream in Nashville, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to call it terrestrial radio. Mm. Is it, they're they're joined at the hip, man. You know, there, there's no denying that, and uh, w- one is leading the other. And I, I'm going to say that the radio pretty much dictates that that mainstream mm-hmm. highway or conduit mm-hmm. out there. So they'll come up and change their policies on programming, uh, on, on just uh, and turn on a dime. And, and completely change, you know, the music based on, based on economics, you know, uh, For, formulaic, like you said, like, that yes, was, yeah. yes, yes. Here's the deal. They'll, they'll, they'll tell you, Hey, uh, let's see for the last five years, we've been play. you couldn't, you had to play, you know, two minute and 45 second songs or, you know, three minutes, you know, now don't go mm-hmm. past three minutes. That's what you got because it's eating into their advertising time which is right. where their money's coming from. So mm-hmm. from economics from the outside the radio business is getting hit by the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, economics are getting tight where they start squeezing all this stuff down. And, and suddenly they have guys that are literally, I mean, they're practically scientists, uh, program scientists sitting around uh, going, look, if we can, if we can hone our research down and they, they do it with, pretty good precision for them mm-hmm. for them yeah. and their yeah. agenda. Uh, yeah. it's all sounding alike right yeah it's not i mean all of a sudden it, people didn't just come in from georgia and artists and texas and oklahoma and wherever they get canada and uh iowa and all started kind of kind of sounding alike did they no no yeah. certainly something not something dictated that I mean, just, just on a broad sense, I mean, you can't, you know, funnel everything that goes into songwriting and making music down to a science and down to a formula like that. Like how, how could you possibly do that while not, you know, jeopardizing the artistic value and creation of art? Like it's, it's not the same thing, you know, like you, you you mentioned like the, how the Texas scene and like going, like, growing up in those, you know, the bar scene or however you worded that, um, you know, kind of, that's how you learn. That's your gym for a band. Um, 
you know, seems like there's a lot that aren't hitting the gym. Art, art in there. And it's like, yeah, like that kind of takes all of that cultivation <laughs> of the art away, <laughs> you know, puts it in yeah. somebody who has no idea, but yeah, no, that, that's it. Art, yeah. art, you know, in, in its purest sense, uh, can't, uh, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work in that square, mm -hmm. square hole, you know, yeah. it just, it doesn't do that. And trust me, I've had that, that debate, you know, with, with, with my label heads, mm -hmm. you know, just like a lot of others have, you know, mm -hmm. and I, t I tell you one of the most destructive things that happened to are the most destructive thing that happened to the music business, mm -hmm. uh, in, in broad stroke form was centralized programming. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's okay. when one guy sits wherever, no disc to, to New Jersey, for instance, but sits in, in New Jersey and tells every other station in the country what to play. Yeah. Bam. It's, when, you're, you're done. When, when did you're that done. start? I remember it started in the early 90s. And okay. all these stations, you know, started, started you know, conglomerizing uh -huh. and, and doing that. It's, it's over. It's like suddenly... Texas doesn't have a personality and not on the radio. You know, right. I mean, a lot. I think that that's what I had when I said mainstream radio, that's what I'm thinking. Like in my brain yeah. in Iowa, every station in Iowa plays the same cycle of songs and you go to Minnesota yeah. or Illinois or Missouri and it's the same, it's the same, you know, it doesn't, you'd have to drive to Oklahoma or Texas to get something different, you know? So that's, that's when I say mainstream, that's what I'm thinking of, you know? Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, right. If we... Oh, I got gotcha. you. So it's it's a crazy thing, and uh, uh, it's a it's an odd mm -hmm. it's an odd way for the for for things to exist. But I think it's it's the uh, that's that's the that's the problem <laughs> with the artistic end. Now. Yeah, so we right. lost we lost, lost you there you for, for a second. second. Yeah. yeah, we lost you there. Oh, for yeah, a second. Okay. I, was, I was bleep me out. <laughs> we were bleep you out. We were, <laughs> That's mainstream hackers. Yeah, well, it has to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're trying to silence the truth. It's because right. you had the ear the <laughs> AirPods in. You didn't have the cords. They hacked you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Russian. Yeah. He's talking too much. Radio. I'll put my earphones back in. <laughs> <laughs> okay go ahead jesus well, thanks for sharing about that because i yeah, yeah that's, no, that's, that's cool a very interesting per perspective well, you, you know, know from i can get in a lot of it. trouble for that so don't let it outside the room okay <laughs> no problem i was listening to your episode with uh, our buddies over there at whiskey riff you were on their mm -hmm. podcast about uh, close to a year ago i suppose now um and uh you had mentioned it was something interesting that I, I took away from that one. You were talking about uh, kind of how it went from being arenas to stadiums in the nineties where, and this kind of relates to what we're talking about too, the commercialization and the, and the country music culture seemed to kind of just explode during that time. And um, I, I, I guess my question is, was there ever, was there ever a moment outside of, you know, kind of what we already talked about there you know, starting, you know, just catching fire so quickly and, and taking off, like you said, with four number one so fast. Um, but just kind of relating back to that conversation you had with those guys um, where you were talking about kind of the, the steps from arenas to stadiums and that type of thing. Was there ever a moment, I suppose, along the way where, you know, 
that type of thing, or even just for you guys personally, like things just seem to be getting like almost too big or just ridiculously like uh, mind blowingly big to the point where it was almost. Yeah. It turned into spinal tap. Yeah. 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 It, it, it did. You look around at things and, but, but, you know, we would, what would happen is we would roll into an arena and the, the, the local crew there had worked the show the night before. I was like, who was here last night? Aerosmith. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> they were here with 24 trucks, right? Wow. <laughs> so you start thinking, geez, we, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to take it to these crowds with that kind of power and, and that kind of a, a, a production. And mm. that, that's really when it, when it, it changed and, and flipped over and got, got way big. And then, yeah. then, and then of course you, you, you always, you know, run past go. And, you know, the next thing, you know, someone's, you know, coming out of the ceiling in a hot air balloon or something <laughs> just stupid. And we've done everything stupid you can do, you know? Uh, and, uh, yeah. And then we kind of, kind of had to reel it back a little bit and go, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, let's, let's, let's get back to, you know, just jeans and boots, okay? But we still think about it. We still, still have to we'll work with that. But that's a good thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it's a good thing. But we were we getting the part back in, in that era because Garth, Garth had come on strong. Right. You know, yeah. and, and he was he was bringing, you know, he was swinging from, from cables and swinging from the rafters, literally. <laughs> yeah, no. You know? Absolutely. Oh, legend, yeah. Uh, legend has it that my very first concert was a Brooks and Dunn concert. I was too young to to know. I think I was like I had to have been two or three, but my parents describe it as yeah, you guys had like big inflatables and like some pyrotechnic yeah. stuff going on. So it must have been <laughs> in that in that era of Brooks and Dunn. It had to have been the you know mid nineties based that's, off of that, age. But that's so funny you say that because I asked my my mom and dad, and that was my first concert too, was a Brooks what? and Dunn show in Edmonton in really? 2000, no 2000 I believe it was in two thousand one or two thousand two. It was when uh yeah. Only in America would have been a huge hit at that point. And they said yeah. that you guys let off these these like confetti streamers and they were just like absolutely everywhere. And I can vaguely kind of remember it. I would have been about six years old or something like that. But uh yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that would make a mark on a on a kid that young, I would imagine. Yeah. We <laughs> we got those from the Rolling Stones. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they no had way. they had played the Vanderbilt Stadium in Nashville, oh. and they had these at the end of the show. They had these massive confetti machines, uh, and I mean, it just it, it was bigger than life. It, like filled the entire stadium. Yeah. And uh, we're going back to my manager and going, God, man, we, we got to have some of those. And we still have them to this day. Really? They're oh, wow. in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah. And these cannons that oh, shoot these rolls, uh, uh, colored rolls of uh, confetti out. It's fun. That's pretty fun cool. stuff. That's uh, stuff. Uh, and there was a smoke gun. We had one time that was a fogger. We, we oh, yeah. found it doing a video out in New Mexico, but it would fill up like a, a full canyon with smoke. You couldn't, you couldn't walk, you couldn't see in front of yourself. It was massive. So, Kicks took it and made a guitar out of it. Well, really? it, it runs. Yeah, he puts. Huh. It, was, it was built like a leaf blower, you know, like one of these gasoline powered yeah, leaf right. blower. Yeah, but the 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 smoke was like corn oil or something from Iowa. <laughs> there it is. We do everything yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah, but it leaked. So, like the first uh, six shows or so, he'd go out there, fire up his thing just hosed down the arena with smoke no one could see and he bust his ass 
because you could stand up on the stage while at mylar uh, and on the, oh, on right. the floor in uh, uh, oh, no. Iowa corn oil. Yeah, <laughs> still have it. Proud to say. Oh, um, you're gonna you should, bust uh, back you should auction yeah. some of that stuff off because uh, you know I got some good practical jokes that I'm thinking of just with, with the confetti can, yeah. you know. Oh, it's, it, it, the whole show was a practical joke. Let the stuff like that, you know. <laughs> well, and and they were paying you for it. <laughs> yeah, we were paid for it. <laughs> and they oh, want to see it again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you, you coming back for the second night yeah. of the uh, the residency here? <laughs> we'll find it. We know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. that's so funny that's like hilarious. obviously you guys were so huge at the time and like you know obviously one of the you know first few names that somebody's gonna think of when they think of this whole thing of 90s country and i just think mm -hmm. it's so fascinating like we've been talking about it with a few people now is just you know that whole not even so much well the, the music too everybody's kind of trying to like kind of bring that back and kind of rejuvenate kind of maybe the 90s sound and bring it back to kind of more modern music which we've kind of talked about with you know luke combs tristan Merez, those types of people mm -hmm. people you've collaborated with um yeah. but i guess uh i i guess i guess where i was going with this i'm kind of fucking lost my train of thought oh yeah okay so <laughs> like i said you, you guys were so big at the time um has it been has it been interesting to kind of see or have you yourself noticed it at all to the point where it's something you're constantly thinking about now when you collaborate with these artists that that, you know, that kind of um, was it was here and gone. And then now here in 2020, almost, you know, 20, 30 years later, that kind of thing is now just coming back and is really prominent again, not only just for the music, but it's kind of like a culture thing almost. Like yeah. I said, that country music culture, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, you, you hear things, you know, all, all, all the time that, that, that music and, and art and stuff goes in cycles. Uh, it's it's kind of an odd feeling for us, you know, because it feels, you know, it feels like home. Yeah. Uh, and, and Luke Luke has been been great. You, know, you, you talk about him. We looked up on the uh, it was an award show one night early on, early on in his career, and he was wearing a Brooks and Dunn, you know, old tour cap, one mm -hmm. of the really bad ones, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but he's been super supportive and, and into that stuff. But those guys, man, they're 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 committed to making that music. It's it's you know it's it's something that that, that they love and and like. And it's uh, I'm, I'm glad to I'm glad to see that. I remember. Uh, stick with me for a second here. But I can remember we were in the studio recording a song called "Hardworking Man," and uh, Merle Haggard came in. Hmm. And we were like, oh man, because I, I idolize him. I mean, I just hmm. I freeze up if he were to, you know, were to, at the time were to come around. Yeah. And uh, he 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 comes in, and I'm thinking, I'm so embarrassed that we're cutting like hardworking man because it was way too rocking at the time, right? Mm -hmm. for, for a real country singer to come in and, and hear, you know. Yeah. But he was great. He was great. But it's always changing. You know, music's always changing with, with culture because, mm -hmm. you know, you guys grew up listening. You know, thankfully, you know, to you. It's, it's cool to me to you. that you were a person done and stuff. But uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, it, it, it's a cultural it's a cultural thing, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's another issue that, that we have to we have to deal with and accept, mm -hmm. you know, that. that there's going to be things injected into music that, that we hear. And if you say, okay, well, I'm a, I'm a country artist. Well, that doesn't mean, you know, everybody goes out and tries to sound like, you know, Tammy Wynette or, or, or Merle, you know, mm -hmm. you have room to, you have room to grow. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, when, it, when there's a, when there's a perceived imbalance, mm -hmm. you know, back to that, 
mainstream terrestrial thing we were talking about. It, it just, you know, then you kind of see a pushback from guys your age. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of, you know, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a pretty sincere sign to me that it's something's a little off, off, off mark. And yeah, I think that's I, exactly it as to why we're seeing that nineties country right. kind of rejuvenation, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody trying yeah. to get back to, you know, what, cause a lot of, I mean, you think about Luke and Tristan can't be, I mean, Tristan's younger than I am even and Luke. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he can't be, be terribly around, around much, my age. He's got to be around but, our age anyhow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are the ones like they're they're in in their mind their earliest memories of country music are going to be artists such as yourself right so you know mm-hmm. it, and they I guess maybe just get fed up over over time with with what they were hearing and I mean that's yeah. how that's that's why we're sitting here doing this you know mm-hmm. it's because well, we cool, we man. were tired of what we were doing, doing. it um, that's good that's good to hear it's real good to hear I mean you know yeah. you're carrying the torch right now that's that's uh <laughs> you know that's the kind of stuff that, that puts us back out on the road <laughs> so love well, to hear thank it you. Uh, well, I don't know you're, from, from your perspective how it works yeah you know, um, because I, it, it changed it changed really fast it seemed like just sure the yeah. music mm-hmm. absolutely just what happened definitely yeah. um all that being said mm-hmm. i'm curious and you don't have to answer this i'm just curious because you've you've collaborated with a few younger artists um, have you ever, and you don't have to name names or answer this if you don't want to, have you ever had to decline somebody like a big name, a big, like one of those mainstream names? Have you ever had to decline a collaboration because their music is too not country? <laughs> we don't have to include that if you don't want to answer it. <laughs> we can cut this. Yeah, we can cut that out. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-uh. I, because I, I mean, I, I, there are sometimes it, and all kinds of reasons that I would, I might, you know, just not be around yeah. or you know, yeah. on vacation. In, in da- down, down in Mexico. On vacation. Yeah. yeah <laughs> on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> 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 playing, playing, playing with the bushwhacker and, and clearing brush. <laughs> bush hog, bush hog. Bush hog, bushwhacker. There's a bushwhacker too. Bushwhacker, brush hog. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I guess, yeah. Um, What's funny is, is uh, I was listening back to your solo records too today, just kind of to get mm-hmm. f- re-familiar, you know, back familiar with that thing. And I, I think what's what's really cool, I mean, we talk about kind of how that sound evolved over time and, and kind of changed over those years. And it, it really got really far kind of away from what, you know, you would call maybe a traditional sound of the 90s, say even. Um, and uh, what's interesting about that is, the, I mean, your solo record came out in 2011, which I feel like was a really, that was kind of the start of that moving away from kind of what we knew as a country music sound almost. And uh, your yeah. that solo record is outs- like outstandingly country and it's outstanding. Like, yeah, it's, it's more really traditional good. country than Brooks and Dunn. And very, was, you know, yeah, like, and very yeah. even singer yeah. songwritery. You right, know, like right. you really, you really were able to kind of stretch your legs as a songwriter too, I feel like on that one. So maybe if you just want to, you know, kind of unpack all that that I just <laughs> yeah. said, um, as far as I was, how that I was went for always, you. I was always, uh, with the Brooks and Dunn and stuff going, you know, even when My Maria came along, I thought, uh-uh, no, 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 that's kind of a pseudo, pseudo pop hit. Or, or something I, i'm afraid uh, you know, that it's not country enough you know, my yeah. Book. Hmm. and uh, uh i remember standing on, on stage singing it you know going man this is not country they, they are going to kill me it's just like i'm, I'm going to get shredded for this but 
anyway, th there's several instances along the way where I just, I always wanted to do a hardcore hard, what I call a hardcore country record. And mm -hmm. I think I'm still trying to do it. I just finished one. We, I just turned it in uh, uh, last week to, to big machine, the, the label. But what? I mean, there's, there's guys here in town called uh, <laughs> fiddle players. <laughs> they're, they're starving. <laughs> no one's putting fiddles on records anymore. <laughs> anyway, I went down, you know, down to Printer's Alley and a couple oh, of uh, dumpsters man. and found a couple of fiddle players and put them on there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Banjo, Banjo's not back yet, but fiddle may, it may have a shot. <laughs> yeah. You got to go up to Kentucky for the banjo. Yeah. There you go. Get some of them bluegrass pickers down there. <clears throat> there you go. That's cool. When, uh, <laughs> So I don't know, this might be not okay, or you might not even know yet, but how soon might people expect to hear, you know, a single or something off of that new project? I, I turned it in, uh, uh, let's see, turned it in Friday. So wow. uh, we'll probably get together and, and, and let everybody take a few days to uh, you know, digest mm -hmm. it yeah. and then uh, get uh, get their feedback Nice. to see what, we, what we do. And then going, going off of that, uh, yeah. you know, uh, things opening back up. You got some shows coming up to kind of play some of those songs live. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and Brooks and Dunn, I just got word last week. Uh, got a call that says, hey, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're going back on tour if, if you're up for it uh, in uh, August, September uh, and uh, start starting in August. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty serious uh, schedule. We started in uh, Indianapolis and then uh, moved through Cincinnati, St. Louis, and who knows? Right yeah. on. Yeah. Is that There's a that. tour schedule out? I got to look at that. Yeah. yeah St. Louis ain't too far. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to get there. Um, yeah. Well, Ronnie, we're going to put you through a, uh, a segment oh, that we do every episode uh, with all of our guests. And this one's called Rapid Fires, where we're going to ask you, I don't know, just some silly, silly, some silly shit, you know, <laughs> if you don't mind. No, I <laughs> no, I'm used to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, they. I mean, uh, yeah, sillier shit than what we've been asking you the no, entire not time. You, of course, <laughs> I'm used to saying something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I will start with. Uh, you get to have you get to have dinner with one historical figure. Who are you going to have <sighs> dinner with, and what would you like to have for dinner? Oh, that's okay. No matter who it is, I won't be stroking yeah. off. <laughs> uh, <or laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, who would that be? <laughs> you hit with us all the time. Who would it be? I don't know. Man. I go, I go from musical to historical figures. I, I, I don't know. You know what? Maybe uh, This is this, this is a curveball. Maybe Muhammad oh, Ali. Muhammad Ooh. Ali. Oh. Yeah. Really? That would be a good one. That'd be very Man, yeah. yeah. He was he, he kind of he was around the block. He he really mm -hmm. he was a we were talking the other day in Mexico and asking uh each other who who uh who we thought was the single most famous person ever in history. Mm. Wow. You know? Yeah. What, what would you say? I, mean, I don't like, know. <clears throat> you got to think. You know, Mike, like, Mike Tyson's up there. Well, not through history. Okay, I was going to say. You got, you Mike Tyson's say, like, like, but he's like presidential level famous, you know, like 
Yeah, yeah, but you know, what about how famous Elvis was? Jesus, yeah. Gandhi, people go well, Hitler. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Infamous. I mean, but... sky's the limit. Yeah. So, those are tough. Yeah, that's yeah. a tough conversation. You could really, there's a lot of arguments from a lot of angles there. Yeah, I think, I don't know, any religious figure is going to be, what's the number one religion? I mean, Buddha, you know, Buddha. Yeah, could or, be Buddha, could be you know, Allah, could be yeah. you know, Jesus. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Tough. Um, could be could be Elvis. Could be could be Elvis. <laughs> Elvis is pretty famous. He's pretty He's famous. Pretty famous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so so my my question here, uh, I've asked this one before to guests. <clears throat> uh, this one might be the most realistic. Um, if someone was making a movie about you uh, in your life. What actor would you want to play you? Oh, Clint Eastwood. Clint yeah. Eastwood. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah. badass. laughs> you think he could grow you think he could grow the red beard though? Uh, I could work on it. Yeah, surely I can't do anything <laughs> Yeah, I don't surely. think I don't can. think you'd want him to sing for you though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might have I'm to hard. overdub that. Yeah, I'm hard of saying it's not good. Yeah, and he must be thinking really bad. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, um, all right. When you're just sitting around, uh, you know, playing guitar these days, uh, or at any time, really, if you're at a party, maybe with friends, and you're jamming a little bit, what is your favorite song to cover? Mm, that's the way love goes. Mm. Uh, uh, Merle Haggard. Beautiful. Haggard didn't write it. Actually, Lefty Brazil wrote it. It goes way back. That's mm. that's that's just one of my favorite melodic, simple, gets to the point. It's nice. fun to do it. Nice. Yeah. Good answer. Sorry, we lost you there for, or I lost you there for a second oh. at least. But um, my next one here, um, this one I'm making up on the spot because of what you said earlier about the Walmart situation. What's the dumbest thing you ever bought on the road? Like on dumbest tour, thing on the, the dumbest thing you ever bought on the road that I didn't go to jail for or could that have. you didn't get. Yeah. Probably not illegal. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have to be illegal. Yeah. Don't like get yourself that. in trouble, but like, an, yeah. yeah, probably non drug. Oh, I know what I did. I know exactly what I did. Okay. So I just sold my house in Nashville and moved out to my farm. I got a farm right. like 30, 30 miles outside of town. Right. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, man cave, but it's getting turned into uh, a man that's married cave. Right. Yeah, and uh, I, I played Billy Bob's, Texas. I was just ago. there. They had this place next door called the Cross-Eyed Moose. Yeah, I've been and, to the Cross-Eyed uh, Moose. It's still there. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. I bought the Cross-Eyed Moose, and it wasn't easy. I went over there like the, the day before the show. We went went in or, or they had a, a day off. Went in there, just looking around. And there's this giant moose and we're building this house in Nashville. It's kind of logic. And I went, I, I, I want to buy that uh, moose. Can I buy the moose head? She goes, no, nope, it's not for sale. And I said, come on. She goes, no, no, no. So I said, huh, what's that over there? She said, oh, that's like a, a antelope. I said, well, can I buy that antelope head? If I buy the antelope head, can I get the moose? No, can't do that. So I said, what's that? She goes, oh, it's some kind of ram. They, they were, their specialty was taking old Texas oil, you know, ranch trophies and, right. and mm-hmm. refurbishing. So mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't like we were killing these exotic animals. Uh, mm-hmm. Finally, I bought a zebra head, an antelope, 
a ram and something else before I broke her down to sell me the cross-eyed moose. God knows how much the cross-eyed moose costs. Dude, they wow. charge they charge like 150 bucks for a fucking bunny rabbit at that place. So I can't imagine how much the moose would cost. Yeah. Like that yeah. place is pricey. I just like yeah. going to look. Yeah, it was super expensive. <laughs> And, and, yeah. and that time I thought I had a little money, I guess. I don't know. But we, we so I figured, so as soon as I buy it, I go, how am I going to get this sucker home? All this home. It's a zoo, right? <laughs> so yeah. we, we pulled the bus up in front of the cross-eyed moose next to Billy Bob's. And we, we turn him sideways and four of us get him in. Then we have to make the turn to go back down the bus. Yeah. So we got him all the way to the back of the bus. And then lined all these exotic trophies up, down oh up, all the way up to the window. So anyway, <laughs> that's probably the most ignorant thing I've done. That's hilarious. That's a good one. That's yeah, a good that's, one. that's that's an funny because I, I can't believe you've been there. I go. I make it a point every time I'm in Fort Worth. I I always go there because there's a hotel across the street now, and that's where I stayed the first time I was in Fort Worth. So we'd all we walked over. So I was just down yeah. there, you know, a month or so ago, and. It's like you got, you wow. know, if I'm with different people, I'm like, yeah, it's got to check this place out, and they're like, well, that can we crazy. like, like it's not a place to like buy stuff because it's too expensive, but you know, it's cool, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But now you got a good story to tell your friends too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm seriously after this call, I'm gonna be like, guys, Ronnie Dunn bought yeah, the actual cross-eyed moose. <laughs> so where is where is the moose now? Yeah, where's the where moose? Put it? Is that it your is, place? Uh, he's on the wall. Back here in the in the in the main house, beautiful. He uh, he was just brought out. He's, yeah, it's kind of like a big barn. That's awesome. Yeah, that's funny. Huge, really. Well, huge. It's it's the biggest moose I've ever seen. Perfect, perfect antlers. I mean, huh? huh. I mean, that's my retirement someday. There you go. I'll sell I'll sell the bull bullwinkle. We call him Christmas time. Christmas hats on him. Yeah. Uh, Christmas lights. Yeah, he's festive. Remember the turned family. out to be your best purchase. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Oh gee. Well, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I guess we can wrap things up here, man. We're creeping up on one hour, and uh, yeah. that's about. I'm sure we. You got lots of stuff. You got to go. You know, redecorate the moose probably tonight, and yeah. You know, so you got you. You probably brush out. brush them every night. I bet. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah, you yeah, have to be yeah. careful. He's, he's mm -hmm. getting a little mangy. Keep stuff. his coat shiny, you know, and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot nice. of work. Lot that's of work. right. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not cross-eyed either. That's, that's <laughs> the joke. He's not cross-eyed? No, he's not. He's what? not. He's, no, he's perfect. He's perfect. Oh. Oh. So. Well. Hmm. But it was fun with you guys. Thanks. It ain't yeah, much, but it's honestly It was fun, man. Bad. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing it. We really appreciate it. It's like it's like we said, it's an honor to get a chance to sit down and just chat with you for a little while. And thanks to everybody out there listening to the show. We appreciate you tuning in. And for uh yeah, like I said, Ronnie, Mike, and myself, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And Mike and I'll catch you next time. There you have it, everybody. That wraps things up with Ronnie Dunn for for now, anyway. Well, I'm sure we'll do another one down the line with old Ronnie Dunn there. We sure appreciate him taking time to hang out with us for a little while and tell some stories and uh, talk about country music. And uh, thanks to all of you out there for tuning into this episode. Like Mike said in the intro, we're brought to you by Workman's Relief CBD. Use our promo code HAC 
CBD for 15% off. And once you're done with that, you can go to thehippiesandcowboys.com. Check out what we got up there for merch. I've just I've just uh, uploaded a few new hats that we have for sale to the website. And uh, we got a couple new designs still coming down the pipeline, so keep your eyes peeled for that. If you want to get the inside scoop on everything that we have going on over here at Hippies and Cowboys, you can go subscribe to our Patreon page. Over there, you'll be able to find out about everything we got going on with Hippies and Cowboys early. And uh, not only that, it only costs $1 per month. Or more, if you'd like to. We'd appreciate yeah, you it. Can, if you, you can donate more. You, if you gave whatever you want, but it does only cost as little as $1. And uh, we'd really appreciate your support over there. Yeah. And then uh, also we have a YouTube channel. We're putting more and more stuff on that. So go, did we already talk about that? Fuck, I don't know. No. No. Just start okay. again. Just say it again. We also have a YouTube channel where we are putting more content on there from video sessions and podcast clips. Uh, most of these have been video recorded, so uh, throwing on some highlights on there as well. So check out our YouTube page, and we'll have a lot more you know, content coming up from when we go to Laurel Cove here in less than a month. So that's exciting. So uh, definitely subscribe to that. Uh, we did it live too. You know, we figured out how to do that. So we'll have to do some more live stuff on, on the old more, YouTube as well. But More live events just for the patrons too over on Patreon. Yes, definitely. But uh, on that note, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed our show here with Ronnie motherfucking done. I'm Mike. That's Garrett. We'll catch you next time. Is that allowed?